Hello and welcome to another episode of Father Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Six. And Father, we obviously talk about the relationships we have with ourselves a lot um, because they're kind of the foundations of how we go out and present the rest of the world. And some of the topics we discuss around this are the baggage we're having inside ourselves, trauma that we've gone through. And we talk about how this relates in our relationships with others. For instance, the passive aggressive episode that we had last week was how do we relate to others that are giving us negative feedback to us? How do we go about it? Do we go into a shell? Do we go run and hide? Do we become aggressive? Do we become mean? Or do we figure out a solution to make it happy and well? And I'm really glad how that episode landed with going through an example of how to bring things together happy and well. And we've talked about different things in the past, such as how to check our own anger and how to not blow up at people, and obviously the importance thereof. And what I wanted to do in this episode is a conversation I don't believe we've explicitly had before, and if we have one of the listeners can let me know. One of the perks of making 300 episodes is we are now past my memory of everything we've talked about. But I do know that the common thread that we have is Father Bonifix is teaching us to make better relationships, and that's really what matters here. So I want to focus in that prism of internally the relationship we have with ourselves and that these reactions to trauma that are instinctually built within us are being created by all of us inherently with non-adult brains. Because when things happen to us as a child, we obviously don't have adult brains yet that we can look back upon and reflect with, with new knowledge, new information. And what I wanted to talk about was how to put ourselves in a state where we're gentle enough with ourselves, but objective enough where we can analyze these feelings, what happened and kind of make a game plan for if this feeling would get sparked again, if this trauma would get reignited, how would I want to deal about it this time in this space and time as an adult mind compared to the pre-default setting that my child brain wrote that if we never check it will be my pattern for my entire life. So that's what I wanted to talk about here. I think it's, it's a very important thing that starts with us healing ourselves and helping ourselves to be better in the world. That's a great question, Joe, and so important. And uh, I'm already feeling uh, inadequate to give the answer that I really want to give. And I know there are some great, uh, great teachers out there. I really appreciate the writings of Allison Cook and I think her uh, dr Allison Cook is dot uh, com or something is her website, and uh, also the JP Two Healing Center, uh, Dr. Bob Schutz, and their podcast Restore the Glory. I think they do a great job exploring some of those things. And uh, there's a there's a great program called Grief to Grace. Teresa Burke put together, and it really uses a lot of. Uh, um, different kinds of reflections and, and our uh, leverages our Catholic spirituality, but does it in a way that really helps people to connect with their grief and connect with the trauma, connect with the pain in a way that can also help them to do exactly what you just described very well. The, you talked about the child brain and uh, the adult brain and the child brain gets triggered in trauma. Um, I think of brain often connected more with thinking and 
it's an, an older model of uh, cognitive behavioral therapy that if you just change the thoughts, that's enough. And I know you didn't mean it that way. We've, we've talked about it otherwise. And of course, the, you know, the brain is responsible for uh, hormones and other things. You know, it's technically not wrong, biologically speaking. But uh, the, the challenge is to connect with that child part of us. Uh, I, I like internal family systems uses a language of parts and there's a, a protector part of me, and there's a vulnerable part of me, there's a manager part of me, there's a firefighter part of me. Uh, we, we actually think in those terms, and we sometimes even use those sorts of expressions. Uh, there's a part of me that's really angry, and there's a part of me that's really hurt. And uh, that's really true. Both things are happening at the same time. Sometimes the anger covers over the hurt, and so I don't, I'm not in touch with the hurt part as much. And I have to help the anger to settle down a little bit in order to get in touch with the hurt. And those are some of those internal dynamics that are a, a, an aspect of the complexity and the richness of human life that we, we have all of that. And uh, it's really important to, to be able to connect with it. But anyway, I just mentioned a couple of other resources there, uh, what we're able to do in, in a few minutes. And um, will hopefully uh, stir the interest of our of our listeners, and uh, will hopefully be a, a healing podcast, uh, an enlightening podcast. I, I had to smile when you said a little earlier. Our last uh, podcast was passive aggressive or something like that. Our, our passive aggressive podcast. So fortunately, uh, it wasn't the podcast wasn't passive aggressive, and neither were we that way towards each other. <laughs> and we have a very good relationship that way. That. You're uh, you're so good in your humility uh, at different times to say I don't know what I'm talking about, but I, I feel like if I throw this out there, you'll figure it out and you'll tell me if I'm wrong. And so we don't need to be passive aggressive because it's really honest and humble and trusting. And you know, I, from from the outset of our uh, discussion about doing a podcast 300 episodes ago, it's amazing to think about that. Um, I proposed after talking with you that we just talk that we have a relationship through the podcast and we talk about things that are interesting to you and that'll be things that are interesting to other people. And um, so I, I love your summary that the podcasts have become about relationships. And uh, in, a, in a sense, we set out to do that. Uh, our relationship just sort of being on display in some way and uh, that being a model for uh, and other people to other people's relationships and then to actually talk about that. And I'm just delighted to be thought of as the relationship guy. That's uh, really reaches the heart of uh, what I do and what I find so important, so valuable. So thanks for just uh, wanted to acknowledge a couple of those, those comments that you made. Um, so how do we, how do we connect? Uh, and I, I mentioned, you know, some of that writing and some of those uh, grief to grace is a five day retreat. The JP two healing center does a lot of things, uh, uh, healing the whole person, restoring the glory, and uh, different kinds of retreat experiences. I think those are really helpful. There's a way that when we take ourselves out of our environment, we put ourselves in a new environment, we give ourselves the space to kind of focus on some of the internal dynamics, what things get triggered, where I get hurt, how I react, uh, what situations bring that up in me, what puts me into the child brain as you described it or what activates uh, those those child parts when I get blended with uh, particular protectors 
is the way that they would say it in IFS. And so just uh, being able to take the, 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 the time apart and, and focus a little bit of attention on that is really helpful. Now, the other thing is that when we're not triggered, uh, when we're kind of floating along nicely and there aren't problems that are coming up. And when I say triggered, you know, um, I'm just thinking about you. We were talking about scheduling and, and you mentioned your son, you know, takes a nap in the afternoon. And it just made me think of the chaos that a house with children can sometimes stir up. And uh, I think of some mothers that I know who, when the several children are kind of out of control and it it really hits some things in them that they feel overwhelmed. And maybe that's a connection to a childhood house where there was chaos or Sometimes a childhood house where um, the one or one or another parents were uh, a little bit unstable, and then the child learned a defense of, "If I'm okay, everything will be okay. If I do everything right, everything will be all right. If I'm perfect, then mom won't be angry." And that taking on that kind of responsibility at a young age, and also being very sensitive to changes in moods and the kind of chaos that can set mom off and the disorder in the house. And, and then as an adult, when they're in a situation where the children are out of control and, uh, or, you know, just being children, not even out of control in a kind of extreme way, but on um, the house is messy, things are crazy. And they just, the, the mother feels like I can't get it all together. And then it hits this pa- place of pain and helplessness and the fear, you know, it really brings up a fear of like, my mother is going to freak out on me. Now, we wouldn't even bring that into a conscious thought necessarily. And it, we, we would identify it as a kind of irrational thought. This is a mother, her mother's not even in the picture. And yet that kind of pain gets triggered. And then I try to take control. And then maybe taking control means I start yelling. And then I have this kind of like, I hate myself for yelling at my children and my my heart is being torn apart by this. And then I'm trying to hold down the anger and then I'm just feeling terrible about myself and I start to get depressed. And you can see how there's just layers of things happening there. And so I hope I'm saying that with enough gentleness and reverence that I might be hitting some of our listeners. And uh, I, I hope that you're hearing it with a lot of acceptance and understanding because wow, you know, to carry around some of those wounds and to have some of those sensitivities to be in that kind of situation is really hard. And those things aren't willed and we can't just make them different by trying harder or telling ourselves to stop it. Yeah, and if you look at that example, it's clearly not one you made up. There's a lot of people who go through the world thinking that they have to pitch a perfect game every single second of every day. And it's not feasible. Um, and you know, one of the things that, that came to my mind as you were telling me, it was the visualization I saw in a presentation was that the amount of real estate that our brains have devoted to logic compared to feelings is not even close to the same. Um, we, we are much, much more invoted to feelings. And, uh, a side thought I had while I was going with this, you know, I've never seen like a wild animal, like contemplating feelings. They're always just acting on instinct. Like the raccoon gets a light shine in his eyes. It freezes and then it runs deer the same way. Um, I never really see them like 
looking at me and contemplating like, where is that light coming from? Why is it so bright? Why is it shining at me? But this is something that, that we have that obviously makes us as unique. Just a random side thought that might not really <laughs> go anywhere. But to the point of having to be perfect. And I, I think that everything you just said there, there's certainly people that we can see in our lives that have this in flight. We might even have it ourselves. And I think it's important to connect the other part of what you said in the beginning here of looking into consciously creating a space that is going to give you the ability to gently internalize and ask these questions about what's going on. Because if you talk to someone who is in that zone, they're not going to think anything's wrong with them. They're going to go, look at my numbers. They're perfect. They're awesome. I'm getting things done because I'm constantly grinding. That's why I got straight A's in school. That's why I did all this, that, and the other. Everything is like this. And what I want to talk about is not to, to grind the problem, but to analyze, say, like, okay, we're in a situation where things aren't broken or explicitly bad. You know, we're not in the obvious. We're blowing people up. We want to you know, burn things literally to the ground. We're, we're not in that state of anger. But this example of basically burning ourselves out through stress of, of perfectness is real and common. Um, how can we look at this example, or, or maybe if we can go into another one, it's a little easier to explain, how we can see that things from our childhood are impacting us that are worth reevaluating in a safe place, as well as pointing out that these retreats do exist for these places for us to think about ourselves, but really to kind of identify like I should be looking into the signing up, signing up for retreat because this might be a thing that is, that's causing a problem in the long run. Well, yeah, I, I would offer a couple of uh, practices that we can do on our own. Uh, and, you know, in a time of prayer, for example, if, uh, you know, the kind of situation I described with a mother who goes through the, the chaos and it triggers the chaos of her childhood and then her efforts to kind of control it or fall short and then maybe an angry outburst and then that that uh, that, that self, uh, self-blame that comes up. Um, obviously, you, you make it through that and uh, maybe uh, maybe the, the husband coming home is a help. Uh, maybe the end of the day and the children are in bed is a help and there's a settles down the environment a little bit. We tend to run away from those negative feelings and try to pretend that they don't exist until they come up again and we're overwhelmed again by them. Uh, to, to be intentional about it and to revisit from that more safe place where we can be a bit more uh, in control of the process, it's not in control of us. And then just to press into it, what is what is this feeling that I'm having? And can I give it a voice? What does it want to say to me? Is a way of thinking about that, this uh, maybe this kind of perfectionism. Why? Uh, and I could sort of ask that perfectionist part of me, what are you afraid will happen if you're not perfect? And sometimes the spontaneous words that come out mom will be angry at me. It's like, oh, okay, well, so that's connecting there. And then sometimes that can help me to connect to a little child. Uh, the, the mother realizes there's a little girl in her who's still afraid of her mother's angry reactions. And then she can 
uh, connect with that child and, and be a little bit curious about it, have some compassion on herself. So those are the kinds of postures that we take towards ourselves, not a sort of like, I got to fix this or else uh, the, the house is burning down and everything is terrible. So those tend to be their own kinds of protectors and then getting a little distance from them. Uh, what are you afraid is going to happen if you don't fix this, if you don't address this? So we can find spaces to to feel the feeling, to talk to it and, and find out what it's trying to say to us. Um, you mentioned animals. So there, there are actually interesting things that happen with animals. They do go through some of these kinds of trauma cycles. I mean, you may, you probably have seen a dog that's been beaten and, and it reacts to things that it shouldn't react to. Uh, so it's highly triggered for fight or flight. So animals also get traumatized and triggered by things animals don't have the capacity for self-reflection and so they don't know why they're getting triggered so what do you do with animals you need to connect with that part of them and the part that's fearful of you you have to develop trust in again and you do that through you know a lot of gentleness and in some way that's what we're doing with ourselves but we're able to do it with ourselves and uh in a way that animals aren't um, we also can be greatly helped by other people. And, and something like Grief to Grace is uh, a way you have trained professionals. There are therapists, uh, there's usually a chaplain, and then there are volunteer team members who, are, who have gone through the retreat themselves and understand the dynamics of it and are well-formed in it. And they're able to help you connect with that place in yourself where you feel that pain or where that, where that emotion rises up. And they're able to uh, bring you into dialogue. So there's a way that, you know, we can find ourselves uh, connecting with the pain of a little child and start interacting out of that with someone who is taking care of us. And like, I'm just so afraid of what's going to happen. And, and the emotion can come up and the words come out. And, and then you're really working with that part of you that needs to be loved, that needs to be brought into relationship, that needs for those early experiences with, you know, mom to be re reformed, uh, to be brought into the present, that we don't get stuck in the past. Like you said earlier, that that was very, uh, very well said. We don't want to get stuck in the past, but we want to bring those parts of us that have been hurt in the past, that are stuck in the past into the present. But then we have to connect with those places emotionally, and we can bring those places into relationship with someone. So that's the, that's the process of sort of unearthing and understanding and relating. And then that's a process that takes place over time. You know, you can think of um, this stuff is kind of written in our flesh. You know, uh, thoughts move quickly, but emotions move slowly. And emotions need to be uh, kind of opened up and felt and, and they need to grow. There's something organic there that, that has to grow and change over time. And so... That's uh, we, we have to be patient with that process as well. As I said, it, it really works best when it's in relationship. And this is in some way what therapy and transference is doing. And uh, when we're, we're connecting with uh, a therapist, a counselor, um, we're, we're having a chance to work through some of that stuff that sometimes we can't even, you know, even taking the time, stepping aside, you know, taking, going apart from our lives, we just can't connect with those things. They're, they're too painful. They're too difficult. We don't know how to get into that. And so uh, having another person who can help us is all, always a great value, not an absolute necessity, but, but uh, always a great value. But then we have to carry on the work 
ourselves uh, in between times and and connect with those parts of us. So it's a uh, it's a uh, it's good work, hard work, healing work, and uh, and certainly very worthwhile. Yeah, and if we think about it, just kind of going through the example you gave there of how easy it is for us to be growing up under the fear of having to be perfect and then becoming the one who makes that happen upon our, our kids around us. And it's really easy to see how this generational problem can just keep repeating itself, repeating itself naturally. And it, it does take a conscious effort that if there was something that you didn't like in your childhood to figure out if that is within you now in your exhibiting outwards because we have the ability to control what we pass on that is one of the things that we can control we control the way we react to things the way that we think about things the way that we say things and it's an invitation to go and reflect upon ourselves and then go to a place of prayer or a retreat and really try to to figure out what's going on and then if necessary go to to long-term you know, helpers, you know, like the, the type of therapies that exist and stuff like that. So we do hope that this episode has helped people, has opened up possibilities for improvement that will not only just affect yourself, the relationship you have with yourself, but the relationship you have with everyone else and always recognizing that it's always underneath the umbrella that the relationship that you have with God and everything, basically, as long as you put the effort in, will be paid out multifold at the end. So we thank everyone for listening. Please continue to share us, subscribe to us, and let us know about the other people. If you have not, leaving a review is a way that Apple and all the other little places that our podcast is at let them know about us. So please let us have a review um, on your on your service so that we can move forward and help getting to more and more people. Thank you very much. <laughs>